0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, original edition, published by our dear friends of the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles. Well, actually, it says read A-C-I-M-O-E. Also, at that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to receive a daily excellent email from the Course in Miracles Society that includes both the text reading that we share here this morning, as well as the lessons of the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern, and today we continue our reading of Chapter 2. Uh, we're going to be on section three this morning, reading just the first half of "Healing as Release from Fear" uh, today, paragraphs fifty-two through sixty. We're also mindful of our lesson today, lesson seventeen. I see no neutral things. I see no neutral things. Um. Uh, way of opening this morning get to my page here here we go Uh, by way of opening this morning I'd love to share this poem from Helen since we're talking about healing as release from fear this beautiful love song seemed um, so perfect for the day My Lord, my love, my life, I live in you. There is no life apart from what you are. I breathe your words. I rest upon your arms. My sight is hallowed by your single star. I do not always recognize your face or hear your voice. I do not always see the strangers whom you send or messengers you choose to bring your holy word to me. You are a stranger then, and I am dead to holy things that heaven's light shines through. The world I see is enemy to me when I forget my lovely love is you. Forgetting you is to forget myself, why I have come and where it is I go. My Lord, my love, my life, let me forget all things except the loveliness you know. Uh, healing is a release from fear. Amen. Well, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks. Oh, thank you, what? friend. Love that real, poem. Real. Two thoughts.
1: Which, what is that called, Lori?
0: That poem, Harrison, is called Love Song, and it's uh, written by Helen Schuffman. It's in her book, The Gifts of God. Beautiful poem. All right, my friends. Oh, I'm so glad we have a nice little crew here this morning. Our reading list includes Fran, Harrison, Diana, Judy, Robin Marie, Jessica, Karen, and Lemoyne, like that, and we're joined in listening this morning by Donna and Lana. Have I missed anyone? Anyone who care to announce? Nope. Okay, then let's get underway. In Chapter Two, this is Chapter Two, the reinterpretation. No, Chapter Two, the illusion of separation. Section Three, healing is released from fear, and we will be reading through Paragraph Sixty today. Um, we ended yesterday uh, with a paragraph. Uh, with such a clear description of atonement and holiness of the inner altar that I'd like to bring it with us as we go into healing as release appears I'll start with paragraph 51 and then uh, today's reading the atonement is the only gift that is worthy of being offered to the altar of God this is because of the inestimable value of the altar itself It was created perfect and is entirely worthy of receiving perfection. God is lonely without his souls, and they are lonely without him. Men must learn to perceive the world as a means of healing the separation. Atonement, the atonement, is the guarantee that they will ultimately succeed. Section three Healing as release from fear. Paragraph fifty two The emphasis will now be on healing. The miracle is the means, the atonement is the principle, and healing is the result. Those who speak of a quote unquote miracle of healing are combining two orders of reality inappropriately. Healing is not a miracle. The atonement, or the final miracle, is a remedy, while any type of healing is a result. The kind of error to which atonement is applied is irrelevant. Essentially all healing is the release from fear. To undertake this, you cannot be fearful yourself. You do not understand healing because of your own fear. Oh, Fran uh, would you like to pick up please with section title 52 and 53 sure okay go. section chapter 2 the illusion of separation section 3 healing as release from fear the emphasis will now be on healing the miracle is the means The atonement is the principle and healing is the result. Those who speak of, quote, a miracle of healing, unquote, are combining two orders of reality inappropriately. Healing is not a miracle. The atonement or the final miracle is a remedy. Well, any type of healing is a result. The kind of error to which atonement is applied is irrelevant. Essentially, all healing is a release from fear. To undertake this, you cannot be fearful yourself. You do not understand healing because of your own fear. Paragraph 53. The major, A major step in the atonement plan is to undo error of, at all levels. Illness, which is really, quote, not bright-mindedness, unquote, is the result of level confusion in the sense that it always entails the belief that what is amiss in one level can adversely affect another. We have constantly referred to miracles as the means of correcting level confusion. And all mistakes must be corrected at the level on which they occur. Only the mind is capable of error. The body can act erroneously. But there is only but this is only because it is responding to misthought. The body cannot create and the belief that it can, a fundamental error, produces all physical symptoms. Thank you, Fran. And Harrison.
1: To step in the atonement plan is to do error, it's really right-mindedness, result of level confusion, since that entails the belief, but is a one level, firstly affect another. Constantly referred to miracles as the means of correcting confusion. All mistakes must be corrected level that it occur in the mind paper book. It can act on your sleep. This is only because responding is thought. it cannot create believe that it can do mental error which is all physical symptoms before before illness presents these magic or distortion created magic On the believe a creative ability and matter the mind not control error a form we believe the mind can create body Body I understood I is the only creation not create beyond self type confusion.
0: Thank you, Harrison. And Diana. Good morning. 54.
2: All physical illness represents a belief in magic. The whole distortion which created magic rests on the belief that there is a creative ability in matter which the mind cannot control. This error can take two forms. It can believe that the mind can miscreate in the body or that the body can miscreate in the mind. If it is understood that the mind, which is the only level of creation, can not create beyond itself, either type of confusion needs occur. Oh, fifty five. I was taking that in. <laughs> Hold on. 55. The reason only the mind can create is more obvious than may be immediately apparent. The soul has been created. The body is a learned device for the mind. Learning devices are not lessons in themselves. Their purpose is merely to facilitate the thinking of the learner. The most that a a faulty use of the learning device can do is to fail to facilitate learning. It has no power in itself to introduce actual learning errors. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Diana. Uh, and Judy, thank you, Lori. Fifty-five. The reason healing healing is release from fear. I like to say that out aloud. <laughs> Fifty-five. The reason only the mind can create is more obvious than may immediately than may be immediately apparent. The soul has been created, the body is a learning device for the mind. Learning devices for the mind are not lessons in themselves. Their purpose is merely to facilitate the thinking of the learner. The most that a faulty use of a learning device can do is to fail to facilitate learning. It has no power in itself to introduce Actual learning
3: errors. The body, if properly understood, shares the invulnerability of the atonement to two-edged application. This is not because the body is a miracle, but because it is
0: not inherently open to misinterpretation. The body is merely a fact, In human experience, its abilities can be and frequently are over-evaluated. However, it is almost impossible to deny its existence. Those who do so are engaging in a particularly unworthy form of denial. The term, quote, unworthy, unquote, here implies, Simply, that it is not necessary to protect the mind by denying the unmindful. There is little doubt that the mind can miscreate. If one denies this unfortunate aspect of the mind's power, one is also denying the power of the mind itself. Thank you, Judy. Um, and Robin Marie. 56. The body, if properly understood, shares the invulnerability of the atonement to two-edged application. This is not because the body is a miracle, but because it is not inherently open to misinterpretation. The body is merely a fact in human experience. Its abilities can be, and frequently are, over-evaluated. However, it is almost impossible to deny its existence. Those who do so are engaging in a particularly unworthy form of denial. The term, quote, unworthy, unquote, here implies simply, that it is not necessary to protect the mind by denying the unmindful. Brackets. There is little doubt that the mind can miscreate. If one denies this unfortunate aspect of the mind's power, one is also denying the power itself. 57. All material means which man accepts as remedies for bodily ills are are merely restatements of magic principles. It was the first level of the error to believe that the body created its own illness. It is a second misstep to attempt to heal it through non-creative agents. It does not follow, however, that the use of these very weak corrective devices is evil. Sometimes the illness has a sufficiently great hold Over a mind to render a person inaccessible to atonement. In this case, it may be wise to utilize a compromise approach to mind and body, in which something from the outside is temporarily given healing belief. Thank you, Robin Marie Um, and Jessica. Okay, 57. All material means which man accepts as remedies for bodily ills are merely restatements of magic principles. It was the first level of the error to believe that the body created its own illness. It is the second misstep to attempt to heal it through non-creative agents. It does not follow, however, that the use of these very weak corrective devices is evil. Sometimes the illness has a sufficiently great hold over a mind to render a person inaccessible to atonement. In this case, it may be wise to utilize a compromise approach to mind and body, in which something from the outside is temporarily given healing belief. This is because the last thing that can help the non-right-minded or the sick is an increase in fear. They are already in a fear-weakened state. If they are inappropriately exposed to an undiluted miracle, they may be precipitated into panic. This is particularly likely to occur when upside-down perception has induced the belief that miracles are frightening. Thank you, Jessica. And uh, Karen. 58. Um. I'm going to go back one sentence. In this case, it may be wise to utilize a compromised approach to mind and body in which something from the outside is temporarily given healing belief. This is because the last thing that can help the non-right-minded or the sick is an increase in fear. They are already in a fear we can state. If they are inappropriately exposed, to an, quote-unquote, undiluted miracle, they may be precipitated into panic. This is particularly likely to occur when upside-down perception has induced the belief that miracles are frightening. 59. The value of the atonement does not lie in the manner in which it is expressed. In fact, if it is truly used, it will inevitably be expressed in whatever way is most helpful to the receiver, not the giver. This means that a miracle to attain its full efficacy must be expressed in a language which the recipient can understand without fear. It does not follow by any means that this is the highest level of communication of which he is capable. It does mean, however, that it is the highest level of communication of which he is capable now. The whole aim of the miracle is to raise the level of communication, not to impose regression in the improper sense upon it. Thank you, Karen Um, and LeMoyne.
4: The value of the atonement (coughs) does not lie in the manner in which it is expressed. In fact, if it is truly used, it will inevitably be expressed (coughs) in whatever way is most helpful to the receiver not the giver. This means that a miracle, to attain its full efficacy, must be expressed in a language which the recipient can understand without fear. It does not follow by any means that this is the highest level of communication of which he is capable. It does mean, however, that it is the highest level of communication of which he is capable now. <clears throat> the whole aim of the miracle is to raise the level of communication, not to impose regression in the improper <laughs> Okay, let me try that sentence again. The whole aim of the miracle is to raise the level of communication, not to impose regression in the improper sense upon it. Before miracle workers are ready to undertake their function in this world, it is essential that they fully understand the fear of release. Otherwise, they may unwittingly foster the belief that release is imprisonment, a belief that is very prevalent. This misperception arose from the underlying misbelief that harm can be limited to the body. This was because of the much greater fear that the mind can hurt itself. Neither error is really meaningful because the miscreations of the mind (coughs) do not really exist. This recognition is a far better protective device than any form of level confusion because it introduces correction at the level of the error.
0: Thank you, LeMoyne, and um, uh, I know that this reading is scheduled today to end at paragraph 60, but uh, everything we've read uh, beginning at paragraph 52 is going to be much more clear if we incorporate also paragraph 61, Um, so I'm going to take a liberty today. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, LeMoyne. I want to take the liberty and ask if there's a new reader that would like to read paragraphs 60 and 61. Any volunteers? Then we'll go back to you, Fran, please. Thank you. Sure. 60. Before miracle workers are ready to undertake their function in this world, it is essential that they fully understand the fear of release. Otherwise, they may unwittingly foster the belief that release is imprisonment, a belief that is very prevalent. This misperception arose from the underlying misbelief that harm can be limited to the body. This was because of the much greater fear that the mind can hurt itself. Neither error is really meaningful because the miscreations of the mind do not really exist. This recognition is a far better protective device than any form of level confusion because it introduces correction at the level of the error. 61. It is essential to remember that only the mind can create. Implicit in this is the corollary that correction belongs at the thought level. To repeat an earlier statement and to extend it somewhat, the soul is already perfect and therefore it does not require correction. The body does not really exist except as a learning device for the mind. This learning device is not subject to errors of its own because it was created but is not creating. It should be obvious then that correcting the creator or inducing it to give up its miscreation is the only application of created ability, which is truly meaningful. Uh, Thank you, Fran. And uh, then it would be for you, Harrison. Uh, 61, please. Uh, so, to
1: remember, In this action belongs.
3: Excuse me, Harrison, you're breaking up. I'd love to hear you.
1: You can't can is that any better?
0: Oh yes. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: potential to remember in this sorry, belongs Pete, an earlier statement then did somewhat for with require and really learning device I device he is he. I, I think something's
2: wrong with Harrison's line because I'm getting every other word something's not right yes yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right, Diana. It's, your line is uh, kind of coming Perhaps in and out,
3: Harrison.
1: I should read 61 then.
0: Okay. We'll we'll pass it to Diana for now. Uh, thank you very much, Harrison. We'll Diana, could you finish with 61?
2: Well, 61. Okay. It is essential to remember that only the mind can create. Implicit in this is a corollary that correction belongs at the thought level. To repeat an earlier statement and to extend it somewhat, the soul is already perfect and therefore does not require correction. The body does not really exist except as a learning device for the mind. This learning device is not subject to errors of its own because it was created but is not creating. It should be obvious then that correcting the creator or inducing it to give up its miscreations is the only application of creative ability which is truly meaningful
0: Thank you. Thank you, Diana. And thank you, everyone who read this this morning. Um, great setup for uh, release of fear and correction of correction of errors is love. Um, so, would we like to read it once through again, or uh, should we just open the floor?
2: No, let's do sure. it. This is a lot to take in.
0: Yeah, I like reading it, It it doesn't it, Diana? Okay. All right. We'll go backwards then. Let's see. I didn't get any new readers after LeMoyne, did I? Okay. So, then, LeMoyne, if you would like to do paragraph 52, and Karen 53, and Jessica 54, Robin Marie 55, Judy 56, Diana 57, Um, Harrison I don't know what to do about your line Um, uh, we'll try you at 58 and see if it works okay and then Fran 59 and let's see new reader for 60 perhaps anyone like to volunteer in here Have we gained any readers? Let me see. Oh. Nope. Okay. Then, Fran59, I can do 60. And Fran can do 61 again. Okay. So go ahead, LeMoyne, if you want to start us off at 52 and section title, please.
4: Right. Chapter 2, The Illusion of Separation, Section 3, Healing as Release from Fear. The emphasis will now be on healing. The miracle is the means, the atonement is the principle, and healing is the result. Those who speak of, quote, a miracle of healing, unquote, are combining two orders of reality inappropriately. Healing is not a miracle. The atonement, or the final miracle, is a remedy, while any type of healing is a result. The kind of error to which atonement is applied is irrelevant. Essentially, all healing, is released from fear. To undertake this, you cannot be fearful yourself. You do not understand healing because of your own fear.
0: 53. A major step in the atonement plan is to undo error at all levels. Illness, which is really, quote, not right-mindedness, unquote, is the result of level confusion in the sense that it always entails the belief that what is amiss in one level can adversely affect another. We have constantly referred to miracles as the means of correcting level confusion. And all mistakes must be corrected at the level level on which they occur Only the mind is capable of error. The body can act erroneously, but this is only because it is responding to misthought. The body cannot create, and the belief that it can, a fundamental error, produces all physical symptoms. Okay, Jessica is here. (laughs) 54, all physical illness represents a belief in magic. The whole distortion which created magic rests on the belief that there is a creative ability in matter which the mind cannot control. This error can take two forms it can be believed that the mind can miscreate in the body or that the body can miscreate in the mind. If it is understood that the mind, which is the only level of creation, cannot create beyond itself, neither type of confusion need occur. 55. The reason only the mind can create is more obvious than may be immediately apparent. The soul has been created. The body is a learning device for the mind. Learning devices are not lessons in themselves. Their purpose is merely to facilitate the thinking of the learner. The most that a faulty use of a learning device can do is to fail to facilitate learning. It has no power in itself to introduce actual learning errors. The body, if properly understood, shares the invulnerability of the atonement to two-edged application. This is not because the body is a miracle, but because it is not inherently open to misinterpretation. The body is merely a fact in human experience. Its abilities can be and frequently are over-evaluated. However, it is almost impossible to deny its existence. Those who do so are engaging in particularly unworthy form of denial. The term unworthy, quote-unquote unworthy, here implies simply that it is not necessary to protect the mind by denying the unmindful. There is little doubt that the mind can miscreate. If one denies this unfortunate aspect of the mind's power, one is also denying the power itself. I don't think it's an accident. I read that twice this morning. <laughs> Diana, are you ready for 57? Oh,
2: are you talking to me? Yes, yeah. 57, me? please. Yes, okay, 57. All material means um, which man accepts as remedies for bodily ills are merely restatements of magic principles. It was the first level of the error to believe that the body created its own illness. It is a second misstep to attempt to heal it through non-creative agents. It does not follow, however, that the use of these very weak corrected devices is evil. Sometimes the illness has a sufficiently great hold over a mind to render a person inaccessible to atonement. In this case, it may be wise to utilize a compromised approach to mind and body in which something from the outside is temporarily given healing belief. Okay. okay. Do I read 58?
0: Thank you, please? Diana. Okay, thank you. Uh, that would be, um, let's see. Harrison, do you want to try your line again on 58?
1: Sure. i give this a try. Okay. 58. This is because the last thing that can help the non-right minded or the sick is an increase in fear. They are already in a fear we can state. If they are inappropriately exposed to an quote-unquote undiluted miracle. They may be precipitated into the act. this is particularly likely to occur when upside-down perception has induced the belief Miracles are frightening.
0: 59. The value of the atonement does not lie in the manner in which it is expressed. In fact, if it is truly used, it will inevitably be expressed in whatever way is most helpful to the receiver, not the giver. This means that a miracle to attain its full, I have a hard time with that word, must be expressed in a language which the recipient can understand without fear. It does not follow by any means that this is the highest level of communication of which he is capable. It does mean, however, that it is the highest level of communication of which he is capable now. The whole aim of the miracle is to raise the level of communication not to impose regression in the improper sense upon it. Uh, Thank you, Fran. And so paragraph 60. Before miracle workers are ready to undertake their function in this world, it is essential that they fully understand the fear of release. Otherwise they may unwittingly foster the belief that release is imprisonment, a belief that is very prevalent, This misperception arose from the underlying misbelief that harm can be limited to the body. Wait, no, I'm not following that with my eyes, I'm sorry. This misperception arose from the underlying misbelief that harm can be limited to the body. This was because of the much greater fear that the mind can hurt itself. Hmm. Neither error is really meaningful because the miscreations of the mind do not really exist. This recognition is a far better protective device than any form of level confusion because it introduces correction at the level of the error. 61. It It is essential. Thank you, (laughs) Fran. No, go ahead, please. It is essential. I'm sorry. Am I supposed to... I thought I was supposed to read it. Am I supposed to read it? Okay, I'm reading it.
4: <coughs> yeah, it is friend, essential I'm to
0: remember. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, on, I was on mute. Guess I'm what? It mute. is essential to remember that the only mind can create. Implicit is this in the corollary that correction belongs at the thought level. To repeat an earlier statement and to extend it somewhat, the soul is already perfect and does not require correction the body does not really exist except as a learning device for the mind. This learning device is not subject to errors of its own because it was created, but is not creating. It should be obvious then that correcting the creator or inducing it to give up its miscreations is the only application of created ability which is truly meaningful. And there you have it. Thank you, Fran. And so, um, we're a little bit past the top of the hour, but to put a, to put a fine point on it, um, we have today's lesson so perfect for the day. So, um, please lead us in our reflection with our gratitude. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook. Today we are on Lesson 17. I see no neutral things. So I shall read from, will show you the whole lesson, and then we'll go over and do our practice on it. Okay, lesson 17. I see no neutral things. This idea is another step in the direction of identifying cause and effect as it really operates. You see no neutral things because you have no neutral thoughts. It is always the thought that comes first, despite the temptation to believe that it is really the other way around. This is not the way the world thinks, but you must learn that it is the way you think. If it were not so, perception would have no cause and would itself be the cause of reality. In view of its highly variable nature, this is hardly likely. In applying today's idea, say to yourself with eyes open, I see no neutral things because I have no neutral thoughts. Then look about you, resting your glance on each thing that catches your eye long enough to say, I do not see a neutral blank because my thoughts about blank are not neutral. For example, you might say, I do not see a neutral wall because my thoughts about walls are not neutral. I do not see a neutral body because my thoughts about bodies are not neutral. As usual, it is essential to make no distinction between what you believe to be animate or inanimate, pleasant or unpleasant. Regardless of what you may believe, you do not see anything which is really alive and really joyous. That is because you are unaware as yet of any thoughts which are really true and therefore really happy. Three or four specific practice periods are recommended and no less than three are required for maximum benefit even if you experience resistance. However, if you do, the length of the practice period may be reduced to less than the minute or so which is otherwise recommended. Lesson 17, I see no neutral thoughts. Five minutes. Now, I'll read the paragraph from the review on Lesson 17. I see no neutral things. What I see witnesses to what I think. If I did not think, I would not exist because life is thought. Let me look on the world I see as the representation of my own state of mind. I know that my state of mind can change. And so I also know the world I see can change as well. Lesson 17. I see no neutral things, amen. Thank you, Fran. I'm so glad we do the whole thing. Oh, good. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Fran. But you did the review
0: as well. Very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I love these reviews. When he says, if I did not think, I would not exist. Phew, that's like an amazing statement to me. I I love it. I'm complete.
3: It's wow. so
0: Thank obvious
3: you to me. hear it. Yeah. yeah. Thank
0: you, friend. Good morning, Karen.
2: Okay. Hi, this is Diana. Good Morning, Karen. And, okay.
0: Thank you. Um, I you. If I go, I'm going to go out. So I was hoping to go first. Oh, okay. That's right. It's, it's, that's you, it's you, Diana. I think you said, um, Karen's going to leave, so we'll, is that okay? Uh, we'll let her go first. Okay.
2: Okay. okay, thank you. You know, reading this whole thing, it's kind of like cycle back in my mind because it's talking about the mind. And, you know, we're being talked, you know watch your thoughts you can't always believe what you think don't believe your thoughts (laughs) you know only the mind can create the correction belongs at thought level and there's a lot of things that go back and forth to create level confusion just by even this simple reading um i i do understand that people that are afraid we've heard a lot of situations within. um You know the people that are on this call, where there is a dependence on medicine. You know, and medicine is the right way to go, and you are held in fear, and you don't think that your body can create on its own. So the the book is saying, yeah, until you're ready to release and know that everything you don't need anything. We we have the opportunity to take medicine until we are stable enough to go back into right mind and so there's just, there's just so much going on you know again in in reference to levels so um um the miracle mindedness merely means right mindedness in in the sense of how we're using it so anyway i'm i'm complete
0: oh thank you diana and, um uh, let's see, uh, Karen, I think you had your hand up. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's harder to share after I step away from the book. So I wanted to start, um, anyway, the first thing was, um, the lesson for today. Oh. God, <laughs> I get so checked out. I'm so sorry. Um the book's open to the other thing first. Um, I see no neutral things. I see no neutral things because I have no neutral thoughts. First, um, the lesson is really saying to me, actually I think it's saying period, that thought precipitates my sight. I don't look out and see things. I think and then look out and ascribe meaning to what I see based on my thoughts. Yesterday, um, several people, starting with Judy on, on the lesson call, but then Lana and Harrison, I think, both emphasized the difference between what are true thoughts and what are false thoughts. And that was so helpful as I went through the day and I was doing the lesson because as I was looking at the thoughts I was thinking, and, you know, obviously they're not neutral thoughts, but but one by one I was saying, is it a true thought or is it a false thought? And then I decided because... um, my body was becoming symptomatic, (laughs) I decided that I was only going to think true thoughts, you know, and I wasn't going to allow the uh, procession of false thoughts to be given my, you know, uh, by amplifying it in my mind. And I think that's the purpose of mantra. Mantra is to quiet the mind. Mantra is to get into stillness and to emptiness. But because my thoughts are very loud, I started with, you know, I am open to the love of God. I breathe in the love of God. The love of God surrounds me. The love of God is the substratum of everything in creation. It comes through me and flows out to bless everyone. And I just went on and on and on like that all night long. And I kept saying I'm not sick and I can't be sick. I can't be sick. I'm I'm love and yes I might be having a little bit of uh, a glitch in my learning um, instrument you know the learning instrument might be having a little glitch today but or last night not today it's much better today but the but the fact is I am holiness and I am a child of God and I am love and I just went on and on with two thoughts those are the two thoughts um yesterday it was there was a a questioning and a little bit of a discussion about levels and level confusion. and um, sometimes um everyone else's responses don't say it the way that my mind understands it. So I went back to it and was looking at it again, and um, really meditated on it that the horizontal level is the ego level, the level of the world. And there's a million possibilities in that one, right? And it's mind. And mind is the only thing that creates. And it can miscreate. Only mind creates, and all correction belongs at the thought level. All miscreations of the mind do not really exist. That was the most profound sentence in this reading, which is why I wanted to go first, because... I won't be able to remember that when I'm outside. All miscreations of the mind do not really exist. That's the horizontal level. That's when I look out at the world and see what my mind, my miscreated thoughts are projecting. That's what doesn't exist. What does exist is the thoughts I share with God. That's the vertical level. That's my higher self. Those are the thoughts I have coming through me from the Holy Spirit. Um, I also had the thought that level confusion is about the body level, not being a creative instrument, not having autonomy, not having agency. It's just, you know, it's just whatever is dictated to it by either my higher self which means it's just a learning instrument, it's completely neutral, or my mind, which is miscreating through it, which is thinking false thoughts, and, you know, the false thoughts are going through the physical and creating whatever. You know, if I have false emotions, sometimes they get blocked and my body gets sick. Things like that. It says in in this reading, correct the mind, Because that's the only meaningful level. That's the only level where correction is possible. And to do that, we have to really um, meditate on our misthoughts. I mean, to some extent. I'm not suggesting that we introspect into infinity, but what, what are my erroneous beliefs? You know, if I don't know what they are, I can't correct them. You know, if I don't listen to what my ego is saying sometimes so that I can say I can deny, it, you know, denial in in the service of truth. Um and I love this other one more thing I wanted to just comment on. It says the body is merely a fact in human experience. And it it's an if we deny that we have a body, it's an unworthy form of denial. It's impossible, it's almost impossible to deny its existence. If we go around saying, I don't, you know, the body is meaningless. It says here in this section, it says it's it's a particularly unworthy form of denial. The term quote unquote unworthy here implies that it is not necessary to protect the mind by denying the unmindful. What does that mean? It means we have a body and we walk in the earth. We don't have to deny that the earth is here. We don't have to deny the experience of this world because we're in this world so we can wake up. When we're in this world, so we can help others to wake up, we can heal the separation we can help our brothers heal the separation we're actually here. you know we're here, we do have a body it's not who we are that's the thing, and it doesn't it doesn't dictate to our minds what's true so it's it's a little specific um tweaking of you know, a lot of Course of Miracles people, I think, imagine, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think I hear sometimes, oh, the world doesn't matter. It's not real. Well, yes, it's not real, but we're here to help. Anyway, I think I said enough. And um, on that note, I was wondering if Robin Marie is still here. I'm sorry you talked so long, but maybe you want to go next. I'm complete. Thank you, Karen. That was a very thorough, complete, and um, enlightening share. I enjoyed every bit of it. And yeah, uh, yes. Robin Marie, to you. Uh, thanks, Karen. Um. Uh. I think. I have some ideas about paragraph 62. Uh, I think uh, one of the things that I got out of the reading, I don't know if it's completely correct, but I, if one believes that God is love, then using one's mind, if one feels, if I feel, I have a sickness, that there's something wrong with part of my body, then I would go to Source and ask Source, what is it that I need to do for my body? And then if Source says, take more vitamin D, there's not enough stun out, I for sure am going to do that. That is is a um, direct Um, help from source. So uh, I think what I was getting was that if someone did not go to source but went to a doctor as the source, then that may not be such a great idea because doctors are human source. So anyway, I was just playing with that. Thank you for asking, Karen. <laughs> and thanks, well, everybody there. Bye. Well, thank you, Robin. Thanks, Robin. Thank Bree helped me. Appreciate thank you, Rob. Thank you, Karen. Yeah. Trying to uh, to figure out what's going on with nutrition and how to take care of the learning instrument. That really helped. What you just said. Thank you. Yes, uh,
3: thank you, Karen. That was an excellent share. And Robin Murray, um, too. Um, you know, I've studied this page over and over and
0: over and over since I started having body pain and trying to,
3: you know, just go through the course and look for the answers in the course and how to apply the lessons, um, how to apply my thinking in order to heal my mind, so that I wouldn't experience pain, and um, something, a lot of what you said, Karen, really, you know, hit home for me today, and has continued to hit home for me that, you know, not only can we not deny that we have a body, but we cannot deny that there's a universe in space and time that exists in our experience. Um, but that's not to, um, for me to say that is reality according to the course
0: as God created it because that's what the course is teaching is that that's what Jesus Christ came to teach us in the resurrection that we
3: are not the body, that this is an alt a virtual reality of what we think we are, and all the beginning lessons are are in a, are in the process of helping undoing our belief in this kind of thinking, that what we perceive in space and time that's temporal
0: and changing is what we call reality, you know, in
3: the world, uh, being in, in and of the world. This is what we think. We see, we we believe what we see, and we think it's real. So um, this is really rubber-meets-throat stuff, and... Um, having a transcendental awareness and in, in a conviction and a confidence in, in calling upon the Holy Spirit's voice from God, to, which I have with me wherever I go, for capital wisdom, which is beyond judging all of this, in, in order to perceive truly um, and see through the illusions that the mind would make of it, because it's it's not it's not that this this you know what we're experiencing is an illusion. It's the way that we're perceiving it, and our identification with our thinking about it, thinking about it, and interpreting it. That is the illusion, the illusion that we make an image of ourselves and think think that we're separate people. And we have all these um, different truths that come in conflict and and on and on and on it goes. Um, That egocentric kind of thinking. I, I, me, and myself,
0: and I own and possess, and you are mine and this is mine, and it's not yours, and...
3: (laughs) But enough about that. um, That the body... um, does get sick in a world that carries germs is, you know, really obvious to me. I'm a, I've been a nurse, and I,
0: I've seen things come and go through hospitals, but the, um, I love the line in paragraph 53 um, that's, that says, the body cannot create illness,
3: and the belief that it can is a fundamental error producing all physical symptoms. Because my whole entire life, I was invulnerable to getting sick. I didn't believe in getting sick. I told myself I couldn't get sick because I was healthy and strong. I took my vitamin C. I believed in all that good
0: nutrition, fresh air and exercise, keeping it clean, washing my hands, don't touch my face. And I didn't pick up
3: germs, and
0: I didn't get sick from flus, you know, colds, pneumonia, um, stomach viruses. I worked in and among sickness all the time, and I never got sick. So I really believe in the power of the spirit over the, and with the mind and service of the spirit because I loved going to work, and, and God made me look good because I was always, always there. I was always ready and willing and able to go to work. I loved going to work. So that's what I bring bringing. I'm bringing home from the reading today and um, continuing in the practice of doing the daily lessons with a beginner's mind, an open mind that doesn't know nothing about except what the lesson tells me exactly, precisely to do
3: with what the idea for the day is today, that um, nothing I see is neutral because I have no neutral thoughts, and um, I'm, I'm seeing more clearly uh, it's obvious to me that I'm seeing, I'm, I've am i got a portal of vision that's, I, I, I've, I've just learned um, how to, without a lot of thinking about going into Christ consciousness and asking the Holy Spirit to be with me, you know, I've got a direct portal, you know, and
0: this is what the practices are doing for me. Thank you so much, guys, for being here and loving, love to you. Lori and LeMoyne for keeping us on track. I am complete. Oh, Thank you, Judy. That was a very complete mm-hmm. share. Thank,
4: thank you, you, Judy. Judy. I,
0: I... This is Jessica, and I, I like the way you say this is where the rubber meets the road because it, it really does bring out um, a lot of the... Um, Well, I suppose the resistance and the miscreations really come up. And, um, you know, he, when he says all physical illness represents a belief in magic, um, you know, and, and that's a pretty complete, uh, it's a uh, unequivocal statement. Um, all physical illness represents a belief in magic. And I I really have come to understand that illness and healing are about belief. Whatever I believe, um, you know, and I've had experiences where I've had symptoms and I have been able to use the mind or the, you know, the, I don't know if it's my higher mind, I guess, to, to... meditate on, you know, this is not, this is not necessary. This is not needed. I have no need of this. I can let this go. I don't need to have this particular symptom. And I've been able to because I'm aware that for whatever reason, I can let go of that symptom. I can. It's not, it's not going to keep me from, from, from uh, total acceptance of my uh I don't know these words are are not very good but um it's not going to unmoor me to let go of that belief but I clearly have other beliefs about the body and illness that I'm not prepared to let go of because I do believe that if I am prepared or when I am prepared to let go of them they will be gone and I'm just not ready um And I don't think it's a matter of, for me, certainly I don't believe that there's a a value, a higher value in one kind of magic than another kind of magic. I mean, whether it's chemotherapy magic or homeopathic magic or nutritional magic or um, medical magic, I think it's, for me, I believe they are all the same. It's just, completely dependent on my belief. You know, I do take medication and I try to remember to take it with the Holy Spirit. I haven't been doing it lately, but, you know, like I'm choosing to do this because exactly what it says in this section, um, that the belief in the body and fear about the body, and I'm not going to look for that section, but are, um, you know, it's about it's about fear is not going to be helpful in the healing process. So if I'm aware that something is that not doing something is going to increase my fear, then I don't do it. I mean, sorry, then I do do it. Because I know that fear is not something I want to entertain or, or, yeah, entertain, I don't want to entertain it in my body. Um, I hope it's okay with people, If I just review paragraph 54 again, because I think I'm having a little bit of trouble with it. Um, and it, it starts out with that first sentence that I read, all physical illness represents a belief in magic. The whole distortion which created magic rests on the belief that there is a creative ability in matter which the mind cannot control. Okay, that, that I'm, I'm all set with that. The body is not, you know, deciding on its own, oh, I'm going to have, you know, arthritis over here, and I'm going to have, you know, tendinitis over there. No, this is uh, not about the the body's not independently doing these things. the, The error of that belief can take two forms. It can be belief that the mind can miscreate in the body or that the mind can miscreate in the mind. And that's, maybe that's the part that I'm having a little trouble with. If it is understood that the mind, which is the only level of creation, cannot create beyond itself, neither type of confusion need occur. Um, so that's the part that's a little confusing to me because it's my understanding that the mind is creating my perception of any kind of difficulty with the body. So, you know, I broke my foot recently and it's not that my body decided, oh, let's break the foot and have this broken foot. It was something else going on that I don't entirely understand. But where it says here, it can, believe, it can be believed that the mind can miscreate in the body. I get that part. Yes. Or that the body can miscreate in the mind. Well, obviously, the body is not miscreating in the mind. Because the body doesn't have that power to to create or miscreate anywhere. If it is understood that the mind, which is the only level of creation, cannot create beyond itself, that's the part where I I, I feel like the mind is creating beyond itself because it's it's showing us things. Maybe it's not actually creating, you know. Because I do think that we are. We are dreaming. So even though the world and our body is quote-unquote here, it is a dream. So it's not, you know, truth is true. The truth is only God is true. I hope I'm not, you know, getting things too confusing, but I'm trying to understand what, what he's telling us when he says that the mind cannot create beyond itself. I guess you know let me know what you guys think but to me what it seems to be saying is that the mind cannot create beyond itself because it's actually not creating anything because this is a dream it's Okay, all okay. Mine. I'll stop this. It's all I'll stop and see what everyone else <laughs> Thank you Thank it's you all- thank you so much Jessica And thank you for reading that paragraph again
3: over and, um, and over. i
0: you going to
2: say? Oh, honest to God, I'm with you. I'm so with you. You can't believe it. I've gone over and over and over
0: that so many times. <laughs> but it's simply that mind cannot create beyond mind, that everything is in the mind of God. And there's a line in the text that speaks of this very clearly, that if we remove perception, the perception of form, that projection is perception of form, thinking that this all this stuff
3: is something rather than uh, merely ideas in consciousness. See, we, we don't look at that. That's the new paradigm, that everything is consciousness. It's all in the mind, and there's no levels or distinctions in that. Mind and spirit move between... <coughs> between form and formlessness. That's all, folks. I'm trying to understand it, too. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Judy. Um, I think I heard another voice after Jessica.
3: Where is that quote that if if you you see that everything is... In in the mind of God, then you are truly blessed. Somebody on a computer, they can find it for me. (laughs) I would love to read it right now.
0: Hi, it's Karen. I just wanted to ask Lori. Maybe, Lori, you could give us your opinion on that paragraph. (laughs) I'd love to. uh, I would (laughs) love to hear your thoughts on because, like I said earlier, you know, sometimes one person shares it one way and it doesn't get me there, and then another person shares, and I get it. So thank you so much, and thank you, Jessica. That was a really you know, important kind of glitch in the question. In understanding. Thank you. You bet. Thanks, Karen. Um, yeah, like all of us i've I've worked really hard too. To understand what he means by all healing is release from fear. Um, now, I used to be an oncology nurse, and as you can imagine, there was uh, much fear in my profession. I'll start with a little story. Um, I, I know another oncology nurse that um, was an advance—they uh, call it a care manager. Communicating with the physician and the patient and the family and making sure everything is knitted together the way it should be. She's very, very good at at, uh, being an oncology nurse and, you know, giving chemo and all like that. But but she's a very good care manager as well. When she retired, um, one of the physicians that she communicated with really often uh, lamented, her departure because he said his patients weren't going to heal as well and i was a little bit mystified about that there's a reception so i asked him what you know what do you mean by that he said i can't tell you how many times i went into a patient's room uh, to talk about a treatment or a disease and and there there she was sitting on the bed um, with her arm around the patient's shoulder or giving the patient a kiss and um and, and that's a beautiful story because um healing and atonement are the same and atonement of course is the recognition that um, nothing ever changed in our relationship of love with the father love and unity and, and perfection and in that relationship there is no room for fear there's so many quotes that apply. You know, no one is sick if you agree that you are of one mind with him. Um, to heal it is not necessary that the body be thought of as the recipient of healing. All healing is of the mind, and all healing is truly release from fear. Another little story that uh, might be helpful. Um, we used to um, take care of our <clears throat> Our brother-in-law on weekends in you know, Down syndrome and, and so he really depended on us being there you know for his safety and such and we thought it was you know sometimes an obligation sometimes a privilege but in any event uh, it was a weekend we were caring for him and and uh, I got this stomach flu you know just intensely ill and When you have stomach flu, you can't deny that you have a body, you know. Um, Anyway, there I was, feeling really sick, but also responsible. And in walks Kurt with love in his eyes. And I instantly knew um, the condition of one's body has nothing to do with healing. The conditions of one's body has nothing to do with one's ability to... Love and be loved Um, the condition of one's body need not be cause for fear Um, and all healing is of the mind very simply all healing is of the mind there's two lessons that that apply here that um, when we get to them they're difficult to understand but the first one is um, if I defend myself I am attacked I think that's 135, right? And the second one is sickness is a defense against um, the truth, right? Is that right, Lemoine? Am, am I on the money with that? I think I am. Um, but if I, if the body is the recipient of my mind's efforts, I have level confusion because healing is always of the mind. If I defend my body, um, I am attacking my mind, because now I think that all efforts need be directed toward my body as the recipient of healing. That's a level of confusion, and it also uh, causes me to believe my mind is weak and frail, disabled and alone. (laughs) Sorry. It's the aloneness that is the sickness, the idea I can be alone without love and that, uh, that death is an attack on my being. All of that is a consequence of thinking I am a body. I have a body. It's my tool. It's my learning device. It's my communication tool. But that is not me. And regardless of its condition, I can know love and be in a state of loving union with my father and anyone else that is presented to me or in my field I like to say so does that mean that I shouldn't go to the doctor if I'm sick of course not who is the doctor anyway Who who is the doctor but myself <clears throat> uh, who is the pharmacist but myself um you know when i decided <laughs> and i did it was a decision that uh, i would go to the doctor for help when i needed it i look at it this way um, my body uh, is in need of something i don't know what it is you can help me decide what it seems to be in need of but for the most part i'm giving that That person that man that being an opportunity to bless me and that is a blessing to me Um, I am one with my physician in the same way that I'm one with anyone else and um, and he blesses me and I bless him just by being in his presence and asking for his help in the same way that I feel blessed when anyone else asks me for help it's a call for love, and it's a need for love, and when that's exchanged, that's healing and um, what's healed? my mind it's always my mind. Um, healing is release from the fear. The correction for fear is love. That's all there is to it to me, and um it's just like he says in paragraph 61 the soul is already perfect and the body uh, is the problem with this body thing is the body cannot heal because it can't make itself sit here's another really interesting story um, and I'm probably talking too long so I'll wrap it up with this um, earlier, much, much, much earlier, I was very young, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. It's very obscure. And um, even my physician who diagnosed me was rather mystified by it. This was before I understood anything about the atonement at all. But I was a very active seeker and looking for meaning. And uh, I thought, what does this mean? What could this mean? And so I looked up the history of this particular disease and it turned out that it was very prevalent in World War Two, especially in Europe. And I thought about that a little bit, you know, and I thought, gee, World War Two, Europe, there was lots of guilt. Lots of guilt going on. And I thought, have I have I been entertaining lots of guilt in myself? I thought, Yes, I have and I thought, I don't need that. And I'm here to tell you that that disease went away. It, I mean, it was a real plague on my body, visible and extremely uncomfortable, uh, but it went away. And um, I think that's a really good example of how the mind uh, is the recipient of healing. Body uh, can, The body can do marvelous things uh, without my intervention, my mind. And um, that's how I read all this. Healing and atonement are the same, and they're both released from fear and incomplete. Thank you, Lori. I that just wondered great. if you could apply that to exercise and nutrition. I mean, could you say a word about that? I mean, we're in the world. Sure. And I, I, yeah. I'm happy to. Um, this is the way i look at that uh, my body is my tool it's my learning device i i am walking I am walking my brother's home my brothers are walking me home Uh, we have hands to hold we have uh, mouths to care we have hearts to uh, extend Um, this is my learning device it's not a temple it's my tool and like anything that helps me do what i'm here to do to heal and be healed it's my thing to take care of I support it. I um, give it rest. I give it, you know, what it needs in the same way that, um, you know, we have natural needs, we have natural responses. Is it an idol? No. I care for it because I want to be here to do my job. And um, and when it's not useful anymore, I'll lay it down. And I'll know that. I'll know when it's not useful. Um, but right now it's useful to me. And so I I give it what it needs. And um and that's just common sense I think. Uh, so that's how I see that. I mean I've I've talked way too much. I'm complaining. Um, this is Jessica and this is you know, I I think this is a really good question and I don't certainly don't expect us to figure it all out right now, but I am beginning to think that Things like exercise and nutrition are uh, are not the panacea that we think they are that that again belief has so much to do with it. you know if I believe that I can walk around the house and do um, a, you know do my household chores and that 's a form of exercise, and I can feel good and I am happy and I am joyful, and I am blessing. Myself and everyone around me. When I'm a, when I'm in a state like that, um, I don't think I need to make sure I have "quote unquote" all my vitamins or all of my uh, minerals or whatever. You know, someone's trying to call me, so it's beeping. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I guess I'll send it to voicemail. Um, <clears throat> and I and I, you know, just like what I was saying before about symptoms of whether it's a side effect of a medication or whether it is a symptom of an illness. I mean, I've had symptoms in the last five or six years that were never explained by anything. And for a period of time, I had intense pain in my like, uh, what is it called? That, that place right in the middle of your body. Um, and I had every kind of digestive test and it was never figured out what it was and then eventually was gone and some other things appeared to be the case. <laughs> but, you know, I think that it's, um, it's, it's mysterious and because it is very, very much based on at least for me, I speak for myself, what I believe. If I believe that, um, Taking a walk uh, that I must, you know, must walk this many thousands of steps. Then that's probably what I need. If I think I need to walk ten thousand steps, or if I think I need to rest more, because then I'll feel better. It it it's very un. It's not scientific because our our bodies are not really. I'm I'm beginning more and more to believe that you know. They're not based on science. (laughs) I know some people that's hard. I don't, I don't, uh, anyway, I just think that um, if I'm in alignment with my higher self and listening to my higher self and my higher self says, hey, take another nap today, you don't need to exercise, you need to just like be quiet and stay away from people, then I'm going to believe that I'm going to try really hard not to feel guilty that I didn't exercise. I think that's sort of like where I am right now, is just trying not to feel guilty about things that I think I'm supposed to do to be healthy. Thanks for listening, guys. I love that share, Jessica. Me
1: too.
5: I think you're
0: absolutely right. (laughs) Well, not the panacea we thought. Well, hi, this is I. Um, Um... The famous um, Course in Miracles teacher, (laughs) whose name I can't remember at this time. No, I mentioned him earlier, um, maybe in the other call, David Hoffmeister. I heard a few years back that he didn't exercise. And I just saw him on a video this morning
5: and he looked just fine. He didn't look overweight or anything. Because he
0: didn't exercise. I'm assume, assuming that's true and that's still true, you know, and everything. But, uh, so I know. I know what
3: you guys are talking about. And, uh, I've thought about this a lot too. And, um, um, I had a, um,
0: I had a, a sore throat for the past couple of days and today. And, that it would go away, you know, but, um, yeah. But I I have had things happen to me, uh, ailments that were not enormous ailments, you know, but, and at some point something took up my mental attention more
3: than the ailment. And that that at that point, once I forgot about it, it disappeared and I forgot that it was even there. So I didn't think
0: that it disappeared. I didn't think about that at the time, but later I thought, oh yeah, didn't I have such and such wrong with me? Oh yeah, I did. Oh yeah, at some point it went away. And I think that that is exactly because I was doing what they talk about in the course. I was healing my mind, even like subconsciously. And by the way, I think we have a lot more power than we usually give ourselves credit for, and this won't be uh, a strange idea to you guys, um, that even now we're using it, but we're using it subconsciously. We're doing these things. We're creating illnesses. We're healing illnesses. We're <laughs> all kinds of stuff. David Hoffmeister himself once was in the grocery store and saw somebody lying on the on the floor in the store that appeared to be dead. And he just, he didn't make any assumptions necessarily, but he just stood there and prayed for a few minutes for her. And then she woke up and she was alive. Um, again, that's the story that I heard. But um, we, you know, because the thing is that there is part of us You wouldn't call it your higher self or whatever you want to call it. That is one with God. Uh, And he says that in the Course. He says that in so many words as well as in not so many words. At some point, I don't remember the words now, and I don't remember where it is in that big book that I call a being, you know. that, um, That we have this power to do all these things that we even now do them unconsciously or subconsciously, but um, one day we will do them consciously. And I've had things happen like I once saw had an apparition of not to my physical eyes, but in my mind of a being that seemed like a man. I don't know whether it was man, woman, or both, but it was so, so incredibly powerful, incredibly high level, um, spiritual and stuff like that, that I wondered, I thought, well, that couldn't be anything to do with me. That must be somebody else. Well, of course, we know in the cor- from the Course that there is really nobody else. Well, I don't know. It could have been that higher God self of me that was somehow visiting me, you know. But anyway, enough said. Thanks for letting me share uh, and hearing me. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Oh, thank you, Ida. Thanks, A lot of good Ida.
3: stuff there. This is Wendy. Um, I had the same experience around... I had terrible acne in my early 20s. I've gone, you know, on job interviews. Terribly, ter- I mean, I was, I was embarrassed to go to the grocery store. That's how bad it was. And it... I tried every kind of magic there was, you know. I went to doctors and took this medication, that medication. And then I got a job that was more interesting than the acne, and I forgot about it, and it disappeared. Um, And the other thing I wanted to say about exercising and nutrition, that um, Spirit was regularly giving me the caution to let go of diligence. That my uh, inclination to be very buttoned up, make sure I took care of everything, you know, every little detail, all that sort of stuff, was really self reliant. And that if I could let go of the sense of, okay, here's my list, and blah, 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 you know, uh, which, uh, and I thought about it, okay, what am I most diligent about? Exercise. I mean, I was an exercise nut. Um, thinking it was my salvation. And I was doing the course. I didn't really get the correspondence there, but I do believe that, you know, there's the zen of whatever it is. You know, you can learn how to play tennis in your mind. You can learn how to exercise in your mind. You can learn how to love everything in your mind. I'm complete. Well, oh, thank you, and thank you,
0: thank you, Wendy. Wendy that was great, was Beautiful, thank you. This is Diana.
2: I just wanted to jump in real quick with a a a story that happened this past Sunday. Every every um sunday they were needing help at the eight thirty service to make coffee because nobody wanted to get up that early and get things going to prepare so i said well i'll do it because when i'm in service i am in i am in god i get to i have it's just a connection with being of service for god that that make that fills me up so i said no problem i got there at seven thirty in the morning i was making the coffee, nobody was there yet. And, but the night before that, it was 3.30 in the morning, and I was considering texting the woman in charge telling her I can't make it because two days later, uh, three days prior, I developed a sty, sty that was like a marble. And I was embarrassed. I said, I'm not showing up like this. And then I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I started seeing seeing my eye in the form that it was before the stye, and I kept seeing the healing, and I kept seeing the the presence of how it was before it developed. And I went to sleep. When the alarm uh, went off, just it seemed like I don't know minutes afterwards, I got up to wash my face, and it wasn't there. It was barely visible. And then it comes back to the course reading today on the talk of magic. And the course contrasts magic a lot these days with miracles. And the miracle is the power of God circumventing the laws of this world, which is the practice I did over my eyes. You know, the ego, the laws um, of the ego trying unsuccessfully to circumvent the laws of God. I think magical thinking is when a person believes in specific words and thoughts and emotions or rituals that can influence the external world. And all healing, as the, the, the readings said today, is a release from fear. So when I can think, and as I, and I began to share this morning, you know, with my dyslexia, uh, there is a lot of, you know, a lot of the cycle babble in my, in my own head that I have to work out to realign myself with God because my mind will, you know, want to think one way and, you know, and you can't always believe your thoughts and only the mind can create the correction which belongs, you know, you know, at the right level. Magic is hocus pocus. <laughs> you know, it it is. And if we can have that thought of, wait a minute, wait a minute, I need to, if I'm not at peace or the way the line says, I'm not thinking right. And I've got to redirect and put my thoughts back on Christ, back on healing back on how things should be. and And that's just a little practice I did. And there was healing in that. So I'm complete.
0: Thank you, Diana. I love your emphasis on service. Thank you, Diana. That was really great. Thank you. Um, This is Fran. I've shared this before, but I'll just share it more simply this time. I studied Christian science for about 20 years and I got into Christian science through a spiritual healing. I had been sick for almost a year and finally my doctor told me that he did not know what was wrong with me. I had some kind of weird virus and he couldn't make it any better. And my best friend was a Christian scientist. So I got the book from her, read it, and I had a moment where I knew that this illness had come from my mind and my fear totally left i knew i was okay it took my body about three days to catch up Then i had another doctor's appointment and he said i don't know what you're doing but keep doing it because you're getting better and then after that i had another major healing because when i was a kid i had asthma and <clears throat> i got healed of the asthma through christian science i studied christian science for a long time until i came up with A Course in Miracles. And the thing I liked about it was Christian Science, the churches had rules. And one of the rules was no coffee. (laughs) That one did me in. (laughs) So I hooked into A Course in Miracles. And the funny thing is now on Facebook, there is a section and it says Christian Science meets ACIM. Uh, I can't believe it because it's so similar. Anyway, I just thought I had to share that. Thank you guys. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Fran. I didn't know that. And thank I love you. hearing that story. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Fran. I, yeah, Fran, yeah, this, this is the first time I heard
2: it. And my spirit is saying, Fran, you need to get on that website and share your story. Thank, thank you. Me. Appreciate your share.
0: Well, one of the great things about the church was on Wednesday nights. Uh, it was testimonials. So you heard so many healings, it was unbelievable. And they had people called Krishna science practitioners. And the practitioner that I dealt with when she was young had polio and was close to death. And she was probably in her 70s when I met her, still alive. (laughs) And it was great to hear all the testimonies. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Fran
5: this is Donna I don't know what time amount of time uh, we have
0: left oh Donna you just take as much as you like
5: well I'm really bold now because that Fran mentioned Christian science and uh, also uh, you were speaking about uh, chemotherapy before but first the Christian science that's I was called away from attending this, these uh, readings because of time frames. Last February, the Holy Spirit began to put the idea of Christian science into my mind. So I began to look for a church in the area. And I had not even realized that as a 10 year old child, I had been healed of a crippling disease by my grandmother's best friend who i didn't find out until 50 years later was a christian science practitioner because i saw the books on her table so <laughs> so i have been attending christian science church including the testimonial meetings and uh since then since god led me to uh, one in guilford connecticut and uh, so it's just so extraordinary uh to be able to go into a church and be around people who think like a Course of Miracles and think like Dr. Ho's um, meta-psychiatry teaching, which which he really did reinterpret Christian Science to write his work. But um, so so first is that I wasn't I was thinking should I speak and I wanted then a Christian Science came to my mind and then faced the Lord. And then uh <laughs> it's a good thing I have a, a Christ mind, uh then uh then it was brought up, the subject was brought up. But in tw- the other testimony I have is thank you for the word testimony. In twenty um and in October of twenty twelve I went to two different doctors, uh E, e and T and, and guy, and um uh, and then to an emergency room, and I was told, Donna, get your house together because we don't expect you to be here Christmas of 2012. Well, obviously, God had another plan, So, because uh, if I'm right, this is 2024. Uh, so I went through a couple of years of chemotherapy, but the interesting thing is, is God is in control of everything, everything. Every step of our life is ordered by the Lord. I overcame death. I don't say I believe I overcame death. In 2012, I overcame death. How did that happen? It happened because my steps were ordered by the Lord. They were sending me the medical profession. God bless them for getting me to think I'm really sick because I didn't even believe that. I thought I'd pulled something. And um, (laughs) so I was led to the right oncologist. How do I know? Because my spirit bore witness with her spirit here is a healer because i'm already heavily into the scripture the bible and then metapsychiatry is the closest thing to christian science and he reinterprets it so uh it's easily understood and yet i couldn't get the healings that i was looking for from that teaching and the holy spirit sent me to a, a christ scientist church Because he knew, the Holy Spirit knew, that in a few weeks, I was going to have sciatica make an appearance. And wow, did it ever. But as I began to attend the church, I could barely sit down in a pew. I could barely get up out of a pew. But even before I worked on it, I would go into a service barely able to walk and walked out just by the quality of the consciousness that these scientists choose to live so so the sciatica is no longer a problem and um and the beautiful thing is is the christian mary baker Eddy's reading words are so hard to understand that i don't know that i could have done it without having read dr Horace's works first and be immersed in Christian science. I mean, in uh, whatever this is, Course of Miracles, second. But, from, so I've had the, I I know the power of God in all these spiritual teachings. And, uh. and anyway, so, um, and this is the first day, I may have to do the, I go down Dry of guilt for 30 30 miles down uh, to the meetings but because of our weather I may have to do mine over the phone which I'm not happy about but hey God's got a plan but I would like to also share what I got from uh, by the way I'm following along in the uh, circle of atonement edition <laughs> so which the paragraphs and everything are different now I could so this was the first day I could figure out oh yeah I can sort of follow along here but anyway uh <clears throat> so the, the the first thing that the the lesson was very very wonderful and uh, the discussions from yesterday added to what I heard today just really brought me into a beautiful circle here and and so because you gave me license, my beloved, who, Laurie, I'm only, you're always in my thoughts as well, uh, I'm going to take advantage here. So the number one thing that I uh, overlapped that I got from our lesson was, number one was the body's function is a vehicle to move through the undoing in time of the separation thought. The purpose of the human eyes and consciousness is to clear my Christ mind of the illusions of a dream of life as a person in a body. And an example I gave uh, that happened here on this campus about a year plus ago was I was always judge, looking out judging these people because they were giving me a problem. They were smokers and they were doing everything to make sure I knew it. So the example is once I finally began, so to look out and see, number two sort of, the example of one, to look out and see discord means I have invalid thoughts. I am entertaining as real. As I look out making a choice to see others as Christ, as souls, as being led by the Holy Spirit as I am, Peace and harmony unfold in my experience, and I observe conflict in my view grows less or is resolved and Then, from paragraph two in the lesson, I got this the first part of that paragraph: there is nothing out there which confirmed my example. there's nothing out there but what i said, and then at the at At the bottom, uh, entering into paragraph three, I have number, my number two is physical reality does not exist, only seems to. And then in paragraph three is the word believe, which I underline to put belief. And so what I am learning about belief and believing is belief can make or unmake, but neither is real reality is real and nothing else exists and then i have a couple more little things a this is how i see it another way to see it the body is the tool of the holy spirit to wake us from the dream of separation which is impossible and b We can't leave here until God's purpose has been accomplished because our steps are ordered by the Lord. Now, that may seem like that doesn't make any sense because it seems like some people leave here and they don't even know that God exists. That isn't our business. Every individual, every event that seems to be be happening in this dream has a divine purpose. I don't care if it's violence or unviolence. And we have to understand our job is to see what really is real. I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit brought me back. He's had me listen to a couple of Bobs and I delayed getting, because I got to get myself a new book. But I'm so grateful to everyone, to everyone who attends these, these Course of Miracles. I'm so grateful. God bless you. And I will be listening or, or, or attending. Thank you. I am complete. I'm
4: oh, so glad God. to hear your voice again. Uh, thank you. Thank
3: you. Yes. thank you. What a blessing. Great to hear you. you.
0: Yes. I tell you, it's just, um, it does my heart so much good to know that the recordings we make are being listened to uh, because I think they're loving creations and the fact that they're out there and helpful uh, is a credit to us as a, as a sonship. And uh, I'm very grateful to know that, Donna. Thank you. Complete. Yeah, thank you, Donna. And thank you for what you say about the healing of being in worship together with other people, because I feel like um, there's a... He- I I experience a healing every time I'm on these calls um, because I'm joining with the truth and I'm opening to the truth and that's always healing. Thank you. And and, yeah, (laughs) it's sharing that's healing, isn't it? Thank you, Jessica. Diana mentioned being in service and and uh, all the various ways we keep spirit at the center of our lives, our, um, our healing for our mind. Thank you. I love these. You know, you
3: know Dorana shared about a psychiatrist she was studying, and the title of the book was Meta Psychiatry. And Bryce and I got huge benefits from um, attending to that, so...
0: I just want to oh, recommend
3: wow. Verna's recommendation.
0: Jeez, that's good to know. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you, Gwen. Let's see. Lana had to uh, step away from the call. Um, but if she were here, she would say her, t- her learning on this... Uh, i've heard her stories many times we all have uh, but her learning on this was directly from spirit that let the body let the doctors take care of your body, and I will take care of your mind and I think that's um just really simple, solid uh teaching and and the reason I bring it up is because um it was shown to me that uh, what he means by the word magic is really something I attempt to do on my own without consultation um, or I could look at it as autonomy the belief that I as a person in a body can affect as an effect um, effect healing of my mind um, body can't do that and the mind is not in the body and so the idea of autonomy or magic um, making the body the beneficiary of my individual personal efforts um, is a mistake it's not worthy of condemnation it's not uh, worthy of any any particular thought really it's just simply not true Uh, there's no such thing as I as an autonomous doer I'm either uh, my mind is always either in service of the ego or in service of the spirit. It's impossible that it be autonomous, it wasn't created that way um, and so that's that's what I have about uh, the word magic, something I undertake on my own uh, without benefit of a spirit that's impossible um, so that's that's about the last thing I wanted to share um, personally <laughs> I don't like that word right now um, any any further shares from whom we haven't heard of and I'm thinking of you Lemoyne, because I know how much you love less 135 um, And this topic. Well, awesome. <laughs>
4: if I defend myself, I am attacked.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yep. Go ahead, more.
4: Yeah, that one, that one kind of does have the whole course laid out in it, in a way. Um, I just wanted... I was going to ask Donna to say uh, something more about... We're we're here. Let me just say uh, um, where you can find Dr. Hora's books if you're interested is uh, Pagel Foundation P-A-G-L Peace, Assurance Gratitude Yes, Peace, Assurance Gratitude and Love and uh, that's P-A-G-L dot org Um, and they have the books there they have recordings of his seminars and things like that um i'm not really familiar with it i have looked at it definitely uh yeah definitely related along the same lines and uh yeah i really appreciate the uh the bringing of these other threads <laughs> um into into the discussion. I think it's great that's where it it went. You know, I don't have a lot to say. I was gonna offer to you a let me see. I don't know if you're are you this is more appropriate for the after call, so to talk with maybe talk with Jessica about her foot. <laughs> more specific thing but I know for me you know I mean the idea that I I'd, I'd think there was one thing I was directed to share it's not particularly in the reading but I think it also is this is something that it's come to me and maybe I'm just reminding myself <clears throat> but something that's useful to me in interrupting my reactions and replacing them with this space that's creative, more, you know, what there is to deny, this denial of error. It shouldn't be a lot of effort. I mean, what it says is the greater, you know, it goes through that one paragraph today where it talks about... Only the mind can create, and then it talks about. Um, well, that's that's not the right one either. <laughs> okay, um, but the one that I think it's the paragraph before that, right? Where it, that before you're ready to undertake the function of miracle working, it's essential to understand, fully understand the fear of release. And then it goes through the kind of layers of fear that have built up. And then it says that nothing is, none of that is really meaningful because it doesn't really exist. And neither error is really meaningful because the miscreations of the mind do not really exist. This recognition is a far better protective device than any form of level confusion because it introduces correction at the level of the error you know it asks the mind to that it's not it is the mind recognizing in error not that it's wrong or that there is some deeper level to dig up and and not that there really is anything there to deny. <laughs> and so the, the helpful statement that, is, that I have, I think I've been given is to recognize in any situation that is causing a reaction, something happens. It's like, whoa, that, that was different, that's an accident. Or just a, a minor difficulty. It's helpful to me to remember, there is no cause for fear or judgment here. And to just, that is the the denies a whole class of errors that my mind would, um, thinking itself alone, would seize upon as trying to generate the safety that is already there at the level of being. Anyway. I'm complete. There is no cause for fear or judgment here.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Al <laughs> yeah, The whole the whole thing about judgment really enters into it when you're having symptoms, doesn't it? Oh, oh my god. This let me judge this real quick. Um, thank you very much. I'm gonna end this recording. Um, but but um we're going to stay on the line, I'm sure, because this is such a rich topic. But, um, you know, well, here's the thing. I'm going to end this recording with a poem, very simply. And it's a very simple poem. It was written by Helen Schuchman in her book, The Gifts of God, and it's uh, such a perfect summary of today's um, dialogue. The poem itself is called Healing. As I said, it's in the book uh, The Gifts of God. You could probably find it on Google if you wrote Healing Helen Schuckman poem. And here it is. To heal, it is not needful to allow the thought of bodies to engulf your mind in darkness and delusions. Healing is escape from all such thoughts. You hold instead only a single thought which teaches you your brother is united with your mind so bodily intrusions on his peace cannot arise to jeopardize the son whom God created sinless as himself think never of the body healing is the thought of unity forget all things that seem to separate your brother's pain has but one remedy the same as yours he must be whole because he joins with you, and you are healed because you join with him. Think never of the body; healing is the thought of unity. Uh, perfect poem for the day, and uh, that's it for the recording. But of course, we stay on the call, and and uh, and I thank you for the gift. Of the dialogue every day because it's creative. It goes out into the sound universe and it's found to be helpful, which is our only purpose here. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lori.